0: This is Greg Collins, Substitute Teacher's Lounge Podcast. Escape rooms, you say? I went in a good one in Savannah, Georgia one time, but that's not what we're talking about, and you don't want to miss how much it can add to your classroom. Let's talk about it. All right, guys, we are going to have some fun today. I've come across something that's really cool. A lot of you teachers already know what I'm talking about. I think a lot of you don't, because I know I didn't. I didn't know anything about Google Classroom, and it's something you're going to do on Google Classroom. Let me make an announcement first, really looking forward to next week's podcast, because Right now, I am teaching two periods out of the day is computer applications for seventh graders. I've got them working on podcasts. We're we're using Anchor because I think it's easiest for them to start out with, and it's free. That's the important thing, of course. They are doing a really good job. They send me their podcast, and I'll be honest, everybody did a good job. So, kids, if you're listening to this, I have picked five of them to let me interview them on my podcast. And the reason I did it is not that theirs was just so much better than everybody else's. That's not true. Theirs were great, but all of them were great. But these are the ones that they really... You could tell they were really enjoying doing it. They were participating in a way that... I guess maybe the best way to say it, the way I set it up is I gave them a script, but there was a lot of fill in the blanks. It had to do with about virtual learning and some of their ideas that they put in for virtual learning, I thought was fantastic. So I am interviewing all of them in class with their parents' permission in virtual class, of course, parents' permission, school permission, school knows that I'm doing this. So I'm looking forward to that. We always have good results when we interview students. In the podcast. Now, when you think of escape rooms, I hope that most of you have tried one of the real escape rooms where you go inside a building and they've designed a little script for you to stick to that you basically follow along, look for clues, unlock locks. I know one of them that I went to that we actually it was one that Most people didn't get out of. I think he told us only 32% got out of there. And we did get out with about 10 minutes to spare. So it gives you a reason to be excited and motivated and trash talk other people. So it's really fun. Lots of clues, lots of locks. I remember that one. I've seen enough old movies. You can just think of Young Frankenstein for one, where if you see a bookshelf built into a wall, it just looks suspect. So as soon as I walked into an escape room, I said, you know, that uh, that bookcase looks, I bet that's the way that's going to come into play with us later in the game. And sure enough, it was, it played a big part of the game. I don't feel like I gave anything away. First of all, I didn't tell you where it was. I just told you to look for a bookcase, but it was a lot of fun. Those are real-life escape rooms. Well, not real life. They're fun escape rooms, but they're escape rooms in buildings that people participate in and they really enjoy. What I'm talking about is an escape room that you build in Google Classroom. And the reason the title of this podcast was Worded the Way It Was was I really think, guys, once we get back to full-fledged substitute teaching and all of us are going back, I think this is something that you can carry, you know, carry in, but be aware of that you can use with free time at the end of the class. Kids love it. They love stuff like Kahoot and all the other scavenger hunts and all the other games they play, too, but... This is kind of a challenge. It's a challenge that they can participate in. And I'm going to talk about them a little bit. I'm going to tell you about one I bought for $3 that I would recommend. And then I'll tell you about some YouTube videos. I'll give the people that created the videos full credit because I want you all to know about them. But here's the deal. I'm going to tell you about the one I bought first, and then we'll move on to ideas and how you create your own. And I fully expect it to do this. I want it to buy one first to see how it was set up. I used it in class, and I'm going to tell you what it is, and I'm going to, I'll tell you how you can get the same one if you're studying this material i bought it and i got some ideas from it and i watched some videos so the one i got is from teachers pay teachers i found it on that website i am looking at it right now if you buy it from them this particular one was done by scaffolded math and science i was looking for something a little bit of fun that I could buy. What you basically do, it's just like when you buy software, you're buying a license to do something. So I bought a license. Then uh, they send you an email, and there are links to click on within the email that take you where you need to be to open it. Now, in this case, the one I bought was called uh, GCF and LCM, which is a math couple of math terms: greatest common factor, least common multiple. Digital math escape room. And what happens when they send it to you? Uh, you download a PDF and then you open that. And I'm looking right at it now. I will tell you that, again, it's scaffoldedmath.com. This one was was created by a teacher named Shauna McKay. Her, she began her teaching career in 2004. Maybe I can get her on this podcast eventually. But she created this one, and what you do, you basically open it, open what she... that's in her Google Drive. You make a copy of it. If you are familiar with google drive you know what that means and then you pull up the copy and it generates that way so uh, you you know and do it professionally don't pass it around to other people because this is how some people make money and i don't want to get into the copyright violation so i would encourage you to go to that website and take a look at one of theirs let me tell you how it works She created in this one, it's in Google Forms, basically she had five puzzles. So the opening page says, can you unlock all five locks? You can do it. She's got a picture of five different colored locks. You could do that easy enough just by uh pulling in a picture. I think maybe she might have even created these because they're they're not just pictures, you know, images of locks. They're actually different colored locks, five different colors. And the way you begin it is you you type uh the the student will type their name in, hit the uh Submit key or, or enter key. I can't remember which one it is. It is enter. And then, then you go to section two. Now, I'm actually looking, like, looking at the version that's the teacher's version that hasn't been loaded to the classroom. So I can see it all right now. So while, while doing this, I'm not going to be o- overly descriptive about a Google form because, you know, that's kind of for a different subject. But I noticed the way she has set it up. If when you go into you're doing a, a quiz assignment form, those are one of the Google forms that you can pull up and start from scratch. So she basically created a puzzle for the first part. She there's a way there's a part where you ask a question just like you're creating a test. She, she put the question on short answer mode so that the kids have to type something in. She gives the form the correct answer. And one thing that's very important when you do this is when you click the three dots down at the bottom of the page, she has added response validation. Now, that's important for an escape room because if they type in the wrong answer first, they get a message she's got a message in here keep trying you can do it so that's how you do that so she's got five of these set up she's got one on a different page and basically what it one on each each of five pages and basically what the the student then does is they answer the questions i think this one had Four questions on the page. She's got it set up. These are number answers. So I'll give you, for instance, the lowest common multiple of 5 and 7 is 35 because those are prime numbers. You just multiply them together. And then she's got a chart. Looks like it's hanging on the wall for answer choices. And the number 35 is in the same block as the letter A. So part of the code that you would need then would be the letter A And they do four of those, type in all their letters, click their uh, answer button, and then if they're right, it takes them on to the next page. And guys, I did this in my classroom, and they love it. And then what she did, when you go to the next section, it's set up the exact same way, except the top part of it says puzzle one complete. You did it. You unlock the first lock that's on one page. Then you click the enter key again, and it takes you to puzzle two. So I really like these. Our kids did this this past week, and you can just tell how competitive they were, and it It got them really excited because it was something fun they could do virtually. I will tell you, as much as I love Kahoot, when you're in a virtual mode students drop out all the time. They lose their internet connection. If they've got their video turned on so that I can see them, well, then that takes just enough bandwidth that maybe when they see the answer or the question is just a little bit slower. This is kind of a perfect, fun way to set up a escape room for them to play. And of course when they get to the end, they say, You're successful, and they really had a good time too. And I think this particular one gave took about 15 minutes to do and it was really a lot of fun. So that's one thing you can do. There are if you just type in escape room and type in some subjects, you will find escape rooms A lot of them already prepared, some free, but to be honest, the free ones aren't near as detailed. As you'd expect, it probably took this lady several hours to put this together, and I think it was a really good $3 spent. I tell you what, you, you could buy a whole package for $59, and that's just more than I'd like to spend, but after I tried tackling doing one of my own, then... I'll let you know if I decide eh, I'm going to I'm going to spend $59 a- after all because this is a lot of work. At the same time, I went into YouTube and I typed in Google Classroom escape rooms and I'm going to tell you about one of the videos that I pulled up where the teacher had really done a extraordinary job of setting up an escape room and some of the different ones you can do. The one I just describe to you it would take a a while to put it together but it's still all in the same form it's straightforward you could go a hundred different ways for this i've seen some that pull in some animated pictures and when you click a button a ghost pops up out of a house maybe like a real escape room would be so that's some ideas now i'm going to mention now a youtube video that i liked Some of you may like some of the others better. I like this one because this teacher was really creative. If you, you can go to Google in in YouTube, go to Google Classroom Escape Room. This one is entitled Google Slides Bitmoji Escape Room Tutorial. It is from this year. It is by a... The YouTube channel, The Skeptical Educator, she will introduce herself to you, so I won't give away her name, but I really enjoyed this one. It was about 15 minutes long, and she takes you through everything from setting up links. She's still in Google Forms, but she took it to the level of she's got a timer hanging on the wall. She's got a coat rack. She's got a door, an accordion, things sitting on the table, and all of these are clues. She's got her bitmoji holding a magnifying glass that, like, you know, Sherlock Holmes would have held, and... It's really good if you click on the door, there is a lock on the door, and after you find the various codes that you need to find, you'll have a way out of the door. You would just click the door and enter the code, and then it would pop up you know, a successful bar, and it's really good what i like about it just about every object that she's placed in the room has a link on it so some of the creative things you could do you could actually record your own voice in an audio file and then link it to or you know make it something the kids can connect to of course you'd have to have it load it. Into Google Classroom, maybe the easier way would be to record yourself into YouTube or into something that is clickable and that is available to the public. But she explains all of that. So, I really like hers. Hers is interesting, and it's it's relatively detailed. And I know it would take you a while to put one like this together, but there are so many tutorials on YouTube about how to do this. So here is my suggestion to you, and I think I'll just tell it to you in, in a way that I plan to do it. I am going to start with the quiz assignment sheet, pull in some... Pictures that I really like to use and make it attractive for the students to play. And basically, I'll set it up as a template. I will maybe create a few things, save it possibly under four or five different names, and then change each one just a little bit. So every time you create an escape room, it's not like you're going to have to create it from scratch. You could pull up a template, use the same charts you had hanging on the wall, the same score sheet. If you've got maybe one painting perhaps hanging on the wall that's got numbers and how they relate to letters and you can really be successful, successful with this because what I plan to do is have a lot of these that I can get to on their Google Slides account, and I will tell them what my address is, what my Google account is, so that they can get to it. I'll get permission from the teacher to load it into their Google Classroom, and it's just something kind of fun they can play with. So, whether you're in math or science or history, I think history would be good for this because they couldn't move on until perhaps they found a location or found an event in history that happened. So be thinking about what you would do in your escape room. The ideas I have had so far, since I am mainly math. I'll create one for math. I'm going to use it in my sixth and seventh grade. We've still got, I'm still teaching virtually. We may go back live on January 4th. That's what we're planning to do. But of course, everything is subject to change because it's 2020 and we're still in the pandemic protocol. So we'll play that by ear. But all the more reason to have things like this for the kids to do because I tell you what, they they like the escape room so much that they were telling other students about it, and I've got some other teachers interested in it. I gave them the link that they could see some things on how to do it. I really want to emphasize how important it is. So basically what I'm going to do is I'm going to create a home page. That'll be the welcome page to the students. You could use that across every escape room you have, or at least start with it. And then when you change it, you can just change some colors here to, here and there, move some things around. If you're not familiar with Google Classroom, that's the first thing you really need to familiarize yourself, how you can set up Google Forms and load them to Google Classroom. The first thing we did, of course, when the school year started is... We got we we all set up our bitmojis and had our home room in mine. I had a table and chair with a computer. I had objects like a picture hanging on my wall of my grandkids. I found some animated things that showed one math problem that it's written the same, and the answer's the same, even when it spins and turns itself upside down. Really kind of cool. I, I had a volleyball and a softball in there. I had a beanbag chair. I had my Bitmoji. If you're not familiar with Bitmoji, go into your smartphone and create one. I thought it was kind of silly that all the teachers were doing it. And then I could not believe how much I enjoyed it after I created my own. So do that. And then the way Bitmoji works, you can then type something in like happy birthday or math or anything, and it will bring up images of your Bitmoji, the one that you created yourself, doing something like maybe holding a calculator, you know, when you punch in the word mass. So it's really cool. Now, I'll give you one little aside real quick. I think the best way to create your Bitmoji is not from scratch, but go into that Bitmoji and uh, app, and one of the things it will allow you to do is take a photo of yourself, and then it will create it as best as possible from the photo. Now, I'll be honest. It didn't make my nose big enough, and it didn't make me old enough. So (laughs) I took care of those two things. I added some wrinkles. I made my nose bigger. And the kids know when they see this that it's me. So it's really kind of cool. So when you're doing your escape rooms, then you can drag your bitmoji into it. What I foresee doing to mine is having a bitmoji. I don't know if I'll have a moving mouth, but if you click my bitmoji, I will have an audio file that opens up and have me describe here's what you need to do in the first step. And when you complete it, do this. You have to be specific, just like any other. If you've watched movies or played games where you've tried to solve a mystery, that's all an escape room is. You just give them, if you're in a math class, you give them different math problems. When, you, when they solve one, it takes them to another clue. If you're not As much into this, I've seen scavenger hunts inside classrooms. I'm not sure how soon we'll get back to being able to do that because there was a lot of closeness and bumping shoulders as you went around the room. I saw a a good one in a math class one time that had problems hanging on the board. And when you solved it, it said, oh, if you think the answer is this, go to this. And it had another sheet hanging somewhere else in the classroom, and that's the way they progress. But I really like this escape room concept. I think, I honestly do, I think it will give the reason for the students to be excited. If you become an escape room person, they'll be excited when they see you teaching their class for the day because they know that may be a possibility that you're going to open up an escape room for them to do. Now, here's what I'm doing in my computer applications class as well. One of the projects we're going to work on after the first of the year, I'm going to have them create their own escape room. I'll let them keep it simple. They can do it in the Google Forms, of course. We've already had a couple of projects that use Google Forms, so they're already familiar with that. But they'll be able to go in, create an escape room. I told them it doesn't necessarily have to be with about a school topic if they just want to make it a trivia game. I really think it's going to be a lot of fun for them to design those, so... I just wanted you to know about those escape rooms today. I encourage you to get out and view the material that I've mentioned. It's a lot of fun. It's basically just like you create anything else. If you've ever created a website, you drag pictures in and out. Google Sites is a good place to do that, by the way, for free. Even if you've done a manual escape room or scavenger hunt, that took a while to put together. So this will be no different. It's going to take you a while to put together, but once you have done that, you've got a template to work from. You can just make a copy of that one and change the questions and change the answers, but maybe the basic layout will be the same. So I would encourage you to do that. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. That's basically our topic for today, escape rooms. So build one, use it in your classroom, make make it a lot of fun for all the students. Look forward next week. We're going to be interviewing the kids on the podcast next week, and I hope to see you then on the next episode of Substitute Teacher's Lounge. (laughs) Music provided by Bing Sound